Big Red Bench. Game on. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. With Sure 72-hour non-stop protection. Tested to the limits. Sure, it won't let you down. to the big red bench this Saturday evening. What a fantastic day for Cork football. A huge victory at Parky Cueve over Roscommon. It means the Rebels will head to Cork Park for an All-Ireland quarterfinal. We'll hear from John Cleary, Rossi's boss, Davy Burke, and Jeremy McCarthy, who also spoke to Cork GA chairman Mark Sheehan. Plenty of action elsewhere. Clare beating Dublin fairly heavily in the hurling quarterfinal in Limerick. Tipfy Galway is underway in the next few minutes. We'll catch up with all the other results to Cork City captain Keelan Coleman gives his thoughts on last night's loss away to Derry City and Brendan Kelleher tells us all about the Cork Admirals fun day tomorrow all of that coming up between here and 7 You're listening to The Big Red Bench with Sure 72-hour non-stop protection here on Cork's Red FM. It's Aidan here with you until 7 o'clock, 0868-104-106 if you want to get in touch. We're down at the park for a fantastic victory for the Cork footballers. Plenty of drama, an absolutely brilliant second half, wasn't it? Uh, let us know if you were there. Fantastic day out. Um, only 14,000 people there, but I suppose with a 2 o'clock throwing on a Saturday, it was... Uh, Always going to be a bit of a crowd killer, um, but hopefully uh, plenty of people will avail of the chance to go to Croke Park. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, the ladies footballers of the Camogie team are going to get there a little later on in the year. It's going to be the only time that uh, the Cork Intercounty team are going to get there this year. And uh, I, th- I don't think anyone would have thought the Cork footballers would have got there instead of the Cork hurlers this year, but it's fantastic to see them doing well. And uh, we'll uh, dive into that in a couple of minutes' time, of course. Other preliminary quarterfinals taking place around the country at O'Connor Park in Tullamore it's Kildare 12 points Monaghan 1-8 solitary point in it what have we about 51 56 minutes gone there so into the final 15 minutes to see who gets out of that one and then it's 7 o'clock in Belly Buffet it's Donegal versus Tyrone of course two hurling quarterfinals at the Gaelic grounds and it was a comprehensive victory for Clare. They're into the senior hurling championship semi-final. They're going to face Kilkenny. They beat Dublin 5-26 to 2-17 at the Gaelic grounds. Tony Kelly with a hat-trick, 3-4 and all. And yeah, quarter past six then. What have we, about yeah, 10, 15 minutes until throwing between Galway and Tipperary. Um, yeah, so elsewhere today was the minor semi-final. Monaghan's minor footballers into the All-Ireland final for the first time since 1939. It was the curtain raiser for uh, Monaghan Kildare as well in the senior. They beat Kerry 111 to 11 points. Um, in the All-Ireland Camogie Championship, Tipperary defeated Wexford 315 to 12. Kilkenny ran out 314 to 11 point winners over Dublin. Before we get into Cork's victory over Roscommon, let's look at the golf. Leona Maguire teeing off within the hour from five under par. And she's in the lead at the Women's PGA Championship in New Jersey. The Kevin Native bidding for a first major title. Stephanie Meadow also in contention there. She's on one under. Rory McIlroy remains eight under par on day three of the Travellers Championship. Let me just check the... Uh, 
Check the PGA app there quickly. Yeah, McIlroy still eight under evens for his third round through three. Shane Lowry is evens for his round through six. He's on seven under par. The two leaders are Denny McCarthy and Keegan Bradley of the USA. They're on fifteen under. They tee off. Um, they actually just just after teeing off now. Uh, so their round is underway. They're all out in the field in that one. Earlier on today, Ireland's under-20s drew 34 points apiece with England in their World Championship opener in South Africa. Next up for Ireland is a meeting with Australia next Thursday. And in horse racing, Jamie Spencer rode the 80-1 outsider Kadeen to victory in the Queen Elizabeth II Jubilee Stakes on the final day of Royal Ascot, of course, as well. Huge day at Royal Ascot with Frankie de Tory uh, bidding farewell to the festival as he's set to retire at the end of the season over 30 years in the sport. He brought, I'm not sure if he had any winners today, but he had his 81st winner yesterday at Royal Ascot. All right, let's jump into the main event. Fantastic victory for Cork. Uh, let's see. Uh, into the last eight of the Ireland Football Championship of course Conor Corbett was the one who bagged the crucial goal in the second half Kevin O'Donovan fisting over the winning point the final score Cork 114 Ross Common 16 points here's a full time report from Cahill Minogue full time here in Porky Cueve and it's Cork that have won by a single point and earned their place in the All-Ireland Senior Football quarter final final score here is Cork 114 Ross Common 16 points what a second half of football that was. At the break, it was the Rossies who went in one point ahead, but the momentum was all with the home side after finishing the first half very strong. And they kept that momentum going through the second half, going ahead for the first time in the game after 40 minutes of play. Things went from bad to worse for Davy Burke's men when Corkman Connor Corbett placed the ball past Connor Carroll to raise the only green flag of the match. In fairness to Ross Common, they fought back very well and it was a level game with one minute left. But Cork substitute Kevin O'Donovan was the hero and fisted the ball over the bar to send the Rebels into an All-Ireland quarter-final. It's a disappointing end for the Ross Common fans, but after a titanic battle here on the banks of the Lee, it's the Rebels who march on. Final score here in Parky Cueve and it's Cork, 1-14, Ross Common, 16 points. Yeah, fantastic end to the game as well. It really was a nervy one. Um, it was scrappy. It was uh, the ball was just so greasy, slippy. You know, the the conditions um, were were difficult enough. And uh, we will hear about that now from Jar in a second. We'll hear from John Cleary first. But um, yeah, Cork just did really, really well. Composure to get that winning score. Kevin O'Donovan, um, the leveler uh, for Ross Common. Chris Oak Jones who was brilliant today to be fair he just kind of lost his man a small bit and he set up the winning point and then, uh, or the levelling point for Roscommon should I say and then Cork just looked like they were pinned in I really was worried um, I didn't think they were going to be able to get themselves out of that uh, that, uh, that that tight spot that they were in but all of a sudden uh, free out uh, against Roscommon for just a mistake on the ball throwing up and throwing up himself and catching it um, and uh, just straight away Cork pounced I thought maybe hold the ball for 30 more seconds before he put it over the bar um, but they did well then to, to just quash the uh, Roscommon kick out and like that red card then for Brenda Smith at the end of it um, but yeah did really really well to get out with the victory here is Cork manager John Cleary I suppose uh, relief and we're delighted you know um, I suppose 
you know, to get to a quarter final is is we're, we're delighted with that. Um, and the way the game went, look, it could have went anyway. Uh, they were well in top the first half. Uh, we just we weren't at the races at all. They could have been up more even, um, and we were just leggy, and we you know we forced it a bit. Uh, we had turnovers. I think we had six or seven turnovers in the first. 15, 16 minutes. We were trying to force it then into their into their blanket, and um, uh, five minutes then before halftime, we got three points. So it left us. We hadn't played at all the first half, and we even said that in the dressing room at halftime. Look, lads, we've only played for five minutes, and we're 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 we're, we're only a point down. So we're well in this game, and I think look, the second half was a you know a mismatch of everything. It was it was nip and tuck. Uh, we got five points ahead, and. Um, a bit like us maybe last week against me or Roscommon through caution to the win kicked five fabulous points and in the end then it was you know whoever was going to get that bit of luck one way or the other and thanks be to God we did today um, they had the ball we had the ball they had the ball and then we got the ball and in fairness worked it up thought Ian McGuire made a super run there and, and you know gave his ball to Kevin Dullivan who fully put it over the bar and even the last play there again it could have went anyway so look we were we're delighted and thrilled this evening uh, to get over the line. You're five up after sixty. What did you think kind of went wrong in the last ten minutes with fatigue or? I suppose it was a bit, yeah. It, it 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 was. We just couldn't get our hands on the ball, and, and and I suppose at that stage, I think Ross Common really went for it. As I said, they they pushed up, and we we found it hard to win our own kickouts and get the ball out of defence. And we definitely did tired. I could see in front of me even fellas, maybe that they just couldn't go for the ball and, and get that outlet ball coming out from defence. And um, so I think, and then the the Roscommon just went for it, and and uh, you know we, we were lucky maybe to, it was only five points in that in that period of time. We did, we did, yeah, uh, definitely, yeah. Um, I think we got probably maybe our three scores be- before half time uh, on that, you know. So we we, we did, yeah. And even like in the third quarter, it kind of continues. Say last week you seemed to kind of wave the maybe six eight minutes before pressing on Mayor's kick out. It seemed to happen a bit earlier. Yes, yeah. I suppose look every day you're out to learn something, and maybe we looked at the Mayo game and and. Uh, you know, sometimes it works fair. There was a couple of times there, uh, even we pressed up and Roscommon went went um, went down the field there. Only for Michal Martin, you know, it was in the back of the net from a kick out from them over the top. So, you know, it's as easy to say press up, but those are the dangers on it then. And um, that's what we were afraid of. And luckily enough, we didn't get punished today for the one that, that, that went against us. But I think all in all, we were very strong around the middle and we picked off their kick out there. And I think even in the half back line there, you know, you had Sean Pout or Chris Oak or whatever, and and I thought their movement was very well in stopping the the, the quick kick out and and from the from Ross Common. Chris Oak gave me an extra bit of in, insight in this, John. When he came in, and I think he got two points, and Kevin got the point, obviously, and Connor got the goal. So another another good impact off the bench, like. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, in fairness, the old Max Sweeney wasn't doing that bad, but but we just felt that we needed a bit more impetus, you know, up front yeah. and, and and a bit more legs there inside, and we knew Chris would probably play deeper, and um, 
look, he'd been going very well and, and just maybe just went off the boil a small bit there. And and but I we knew from last week he came in, he's tromping at the bit, and when he came in today, he was very busy and you know got his scores probably unlucky, maybe not to get a goal or get get get, get a foul going in there. But he was he was buzzing around the place today, and and he said, look, we have maybe twenty or twenty one players that we could put on at any one day, yeah. and it's a case of you know it's up to us, and sometimes we get it right, sometimes we get it wrong, and and it's a case of looking who's kind of buzzing in training or and then the other thing in this in this game you need finishers there down along the, the line to get you over the line and, and, and that's again thankfully which happened today and um, were, you, were you worried at all John at 7-3 like it, it almost looked like kind of Roscommon were going for a death by a thousand cuts like they were just holding on to the ball and waiting for you to make a mistake and then, then punishing you like no, did you, did you think maybe that you might be able to, to ease it back into it? Yeah, I was worried because the, the biggest couple of things there is that we, we had our six or seven turnovers turning right into their hands and they were so patient and then they'd come around and Smith kicked two good points and um, we were just wondering whether they they had a, our measure today that they were going to, you know, suck us up back and, and, and hit us on the break and then when they had possession, be patient and pick us off. Yeah. And uh, when we got possession then we didn't make any use of it um, you know so but like the only thing like it was early in the game then even there was only there still was only four points in yeah, it yeah. And, and like as I said or, or the big thing for us today I think and give us great confidence at half time is that we got the three points before half time came back and, and as I said not having played at all for 30 minutes we were only a point down and we said look you know, lads. You know, surely there's more of it. We can give it better than what we showed there the first half, and and and, and drive on for the second half. And look, I think that's what we did. There, when they took over there, coming towards the end. But I suppose look, the main thing we got over the line by a point, and we're, we're we're thrilled with that. And like you were in the quarterfinals last year too. But is it fair to say this feels like kind of clear progress when you've beaten two two division one teams to get there? Asher, yeah, it is. Like in fairness, last year we were kind of maybe for a lot of it you know we met the big two teams Kerry and Dublin and we were you know just damage limitations to keep the score down in the end you know what I mean yeah. um, and we, we with all due respects last year we would beaten Limerick and Loud to get to the quarter final uh, whereas this year you know and we, 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 we've played Loud Kerry Mayo and, and Roscommon and we're in there so you know it's we've definitely had a much harder route and look we are playing we're playing a different uh, we're playing much better this year and, and our fitness levels are better and we're in a better place than, than we were last year you know yeah. How much did the manner in which you won a tight game against Mayo stand to the players coming today they're not short of confidence they're not short of momentum but beating Mayo the way you did did that experience help you down the stretch I, I would think so yeah you know um, like we we needed to win uh, you know a, a big game against one of the top teams to, to actually give the, the belief that, that we could actually go on and, and do that like in the league against Dublin and, and, and Derry we came so close and didn't get over the line against Kerry here we had our chances and we didn't get over the line so the, the Mayo game definitely was a big was a big turning point and I think definitely that helped us we didn't panic coming down the straight even though things were going against us and as I said the last ball there you know on another day someone might have just pulled the trigger from a bad angle or whatever it got into Ian McGuire he was at school and he just popped it to Kevin Donovan and put it over the bar maybe you know previous to that we wouldn't we, previous to this we wouldn't have done that and, and I think look you know they're, they're getting mature and they're getting mature because they're playing the top teams and able to go toe to toe from them and even some days losing out by a point or two and there's, there's a lot of learnings in that as well then. Well, that's the brain, you know, yeah. 
I, I don't know is the is the answer now. You know, um, see how he goes now this week. Uh, we talked maybe last weekend he might be okay, but it was obvious on, on Thursday night that, that that he was only at 50%. So, is it an injury? Or? Uh, yeah, hamstring, yeah. Yeah, injured the last one, yeah. Obviously, you don't want to be without Brian, but the fact that the team can win a game without him, it has to be a good sign, like, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Look, Every team that will go out will be, at, at, you know, the way the games are going, they'd probably be without players, like, you know. Yeah. Um, like, uh, even Ross Common today, last Tony Smith there, and he was a big influence in the game and how he linked the play for them. And, you know, that's the that's that's the way things are. And, and look, we didn't have Brian, so it was a case that, look, next man up and, yeah. and next man on, on, on in the panel. So um, that's what you've got to do. Look. We've been trying to build a panel and, you know, here and trying to have, you know, 26, 27 players that are ready to step up and the very minute someone goes out, someone comes up along the, the yeah. line in that and, and look, our subs today, some may not have come on if everyone was fit, but, that, you know, they made the big difference when they did come on. Johnny, only touching there with Jeremy to a great maturity, but beyond getting to the last eight, what's the significance of being two Division One teams in charge with, I think it's 2010 since the Cork football team managed that last yeah, I suppose it's it, mentally it, it has to do something for the for the lads in there. Like I don't know what's going inside their their heads at times, you know. But um, you know, if if you're getting beaten all the time by by Division One teams, you know, confidence can can you know seep out and out of the players. But uh, I think it has to help them, and I think probably last last week's victory helped us today because look. We didn't fear Roscommon coming in today. We, we respected them. And um, maybe if we had met them before, we had the, the victory. But if we hadn't had a Division One victory under our belt, we mightn't have, um, you know, got over the line here today. So when it came, even when we were four points down, we felt, look, you know, if you keep at it, keep to the process, keep going at them, uh, we'll get our chances. And, and look, a lot of these games which happened today it comes down to finite moments like you know the end was a draw and it looked like extra time it was up the field you know they had possession we had possession and we had a bit of luck at the end but you make the bit of luck then and we were able to take it when when, when we got the possession and got it over the bar John can I just ask you about Brian O'Driscoll um, yes I noted there in the 62nd minute you remember he got turned over there and I, I, yeah. I had it done as the first mistake he made in the entire game. Right. And in terms of being a footballer who's come a distance over the years and in terms of somebody who works his ass off and plays a lot of mistake-free football and good decisions, how integral has he become to the Cork team? Yeah, absolutely. Look, Brian was with me at under-21 level. He played four years in a row at, at under-21. He was an outstanding, uh, you know, at that stage. And... Um, you know, in his mid-twenties, look, things didn't go well for Brian. And, you know, as I said, I wasn't there to, with, with, with what happened then. And I suppose, look, last year, um, I was looking at the county championship matches. I was looking at Carberry and he was staring every day. So, like, you know, when we were appointed, uh, he was one of the first calls I made to, to him. And, look, he was absolutely chomping at the bit. I know that he went away and did his own personal training uh, regime. And when he came in... You know, after the Cadbury game, I gave him a buzz and I said, look, 
you know you're ready he will give you a couple of weeks off he said there'll be no weeks off here for me I'm, I want this more than anything and look he's given us everything since he came in and has proved to be a great leader and he's fulfilling the promise now that he had at under 21 level but um, you know we, we, we just have to hand him even the last ball that went in there he, he actually intercepted it when it looked like you know we could be in trouble so nothing but but but, but, but credit and praise for Brian for, for what he's given to this group you know well, just if you touch on Camille Martin interventions, you know, yeah. the goal of that season first half and maybe second half, probably would have been a different story. Uh, yeah, like, um, I probably look and see them back now, but they look like two tremendous saves. They were a bit away from me now, you know, but they were one and ones, fellas, you know, uh, going through, and they look to be very good shots. And um, look, Michal has probably been one of the best, the, the best shot stoppers that's been around the last few years. And now he's got to kick out to match it and go with it. We, we, we've kind of, you know, he's, he's got into the system which we're working on. And, and uh, look, top, top guy. And, uh, you know, got us out of a corner today, definitely, with those two saves. All right, John McCarthy is on the line from Parky Cueve after a fantastic victory for the Cork footballers over Roscommon. They're heading to Croke Park. We'll have one team in Croke Park anyway this year. Jar, first of all, before we get into the match or anything like that, just this is a massive victory for football in Cork, isn't it? It certainly is, Aidan. We were doing the match inside there with the press corps and the uh, the lads reckon it's 2009 since Cork last beat two or more Division 1 teams. Um, it's something John Cleary spoke to us on the big red bench about last week after in the immediate aftermath of the Mayo game. If this Cork team wants to progress, you know, they had to take down another Division 1 scalp. We've had enough days where we've played really well or beat a top team and then come out the next day and fallen flat. Not the case today, not the case with this team. Um, and unlike the last couple of years when Cork might have reached the All-Ireland quarterfinal, something that John Cleary spoke about, this time around, Aidan, this Cork team has momentum, it's got self-belief and it's got a defensive system that they all understand and play to and when I say all I mean all 15 players and you know they were living on their nerves towards the end there yes against a very good Common team but the victory was all that mattered today and, and to do it without Brian Hurley who was injured to do it with so many subs off the bench once again making contributions um, it's a really really good feeling and the way the crowd reacted huge crowd over 14,000 reacted to Cork as well it's a fantastic way to be going up the road to Crow Park next weekend irrespective of who they play they're in a good position they're in good shape who knows what's going to happen but today was all about beating a second Division 1 team for the second week in a row and Cork I think just about deserved it Yeah certainly they were, they were excellent and the way they're playing like you said you know it's high octane it's, it's, it's creating turnovers it's it's high pressure uh, tackling in numbers and that was when they it was when they started to click that the whole game changed and look Tony Smith's injury as well is it mm-hmm. a coincidence it was it a turning point but Cork certainly began to play a lot better in their own that period and they got the three points in a row let's say before half time but it was from creating those turnovers they pushed up on the kick out and their tackling was superior to Ross Commons, uh, especially high up in the field, and that was what dragged Cork back into it, heading into half time, and they came out then full of confidence. Yeah, and I think th- th- there's a couple of points in the, what you said there, Aidan, that are important. Donny Smith's definitely 
his absence was made a difference. There's no point in saying otherwise. But I think there was also Michal A. Martin's two saves, um, which John Cleary alluded to, to the press afterwards, and rightly so, because either of those goals go in and you might have had a different outcome and might have altered the, the way the game was going. But this Cork defence, as you've rightly said, they're not just defending deep with their half-forward line getting in behind the 45 and tucking in with the two midfielders, Ian McGuire and Colin McCallaghan. They're forcing turnovers and not giving away silly frees. Um, and I think keeping a clean sheet today is huge because it's something they're going to have to do in Crow Park, I think, no matter who they play, if they're going to win. And the confidence boost, the defence and the whole team will get from keeping a clean sheet, I think is hugely important. And you look at the amount of scores they've been conceding since the Kerry match, it's coming down with every game in terms of the total scores and that's important because it's going to be another tight game no matter who they play next weekend at GAHQ um, I think overall as well one player that definitely deserves mention is Brian O'Driscoll uh, from the Tyke McCarrick Club in West Cork and somebody that clearly name checked as well because his performance today he did give away the ball at one stage late in the game and it could have been a catastrophe but within a couple of minutes he was down in the corner winning that last crucial ball to make sure um, that Roscommon didn't get a shot away uh, you know to force extra time and I just think O'Driscoll and that half-forward line, um, Killian O'Hanlon and Rory Dean, they don't do an awful lot of what I would call fancy, crowd-pleasing work. But their efforts in getting back, tucking in, and then being the link between the defence breaking and transitioning to the forwards is absolutely crucial to the way Cork want to play. He was excellent today, but I think it's hard to pick just one player. And I think that's the other good thing. We talked about Hurley being injured. Sherlock steps up. We talked about some players maybe not having their best day with Cork today. On comes Chris O'Jones, who's been criticised quite a bit in recent weeks and has come up trumps now in the last two games with important scores against Mayo and another important couple of scores again today. And that's what you want and that's what Cork need as John Cleary has said on numerous occasions you need 25-27 players they're called finishers, they're called game changers they're subs, whatever name you want to put on them, but the people that come on have to change the game and I think to be fair, in recent years without being too critical of the Cork panels, this is the first time in a long time that I can remember Cork having the depth to their senior football channel uh, panel that can make the difference in tight games. It hasn't always been that way, but it was certainly important today once again. And don't as well underestimate the importance of the crowd and when they got behind the Cork team. They've been playing in front of small crowds most of the year, um, but today was a fantastic to see for over 14,000. Huge Cork following and applauded off the pitch, and rightly so. The Minute, minutes 40 to 60 I think were the winning of the game weren't they and it's it, it all kind of in that championship quarter too that, that people love to talk about but just pressing up on that kick out not letting Ross Common get out of their own half for, for most of that whole period and uh, it was a great score by uh, Luke Fahey in about 47 minutes as well they turned over the ball and that was just they just kept on putting that pressure on and it all led to the goal then on 57 minutes with Conor Corbett again they forced the turnover off the kick out and they, they could have had more goals as well in that period they could and it's, it's, it's interesting that you point out the fact that they went with the high press on the kick out something they didn't necessarily do in the first half and it was a really poor first half and as the same last week with Mayo but that's okay because Cork just want to make sure they're in the game with the, with the type of style that they play but they proved Aiden, that when they did push up on the kick out as you alluded to Conor Corbett's 57 minute goal it came from a break uh, from a contested kick, uh, Roscommon kick out Powder got in quick pass and Corbett forced it over the line and even more impressively Aiden, I would say in that period between the 20 and 60 minutes that you, or 40 and 60 minutes that you talked about at one stage um, Roscommon rattled off five excellent points and like you were kind of looking at they came from 113 to 11 down to draw the game 113 to 16 but again Cork didn't panic they trusted the system they kept their shape 
and it was Kevin O'Donovan who fisted over the winning point at the opposite end and you know there's plenty of occasions in the past when Cork have had chances to force draws or even win games when they've pulled the trigger a little earlier they might have panicked they don't do that under John Cleary in this backroom team they, they all the way to the finish no matter how many minutes are left they keep their shape they stay deep they break at pace when the opportunity arises and they trust the system that they are now I think getting better and better at and it didn't happen overnight it started back in the new year wasn't always, it isn't always pleasurable to look at it's quite defensive and we're even making the comments uh, above in the media box say that sometimes it's like basketball 15 behind the ball and everybody goes forward and the other 15 get the ball and you come back but it's the way of the modern game it's just the way the modern game is going Cork had a choice that they could either adapt to it and come up with something that would make them successful or they could stick to the tried and trusted which really wasn't working and I think to be fair the defensive solidity whoever's responsible for it is the big key this year with, with Cork that they're so solid irrespective of the of, of the opposition and it's worth noting as well Rory Maguire fullback poppy up with a couple of points Luke Fahey as you said halfback poppy up with a point Matty Taylor in the first half in the past Cork have over relied on their forwards to get the scores and now that is no longer the case and I think I think the overall momentum I think the feel good factor is understandable that we're going back to Crow Park for a quarter final Laden. but what's different in 2023 is that Cork deservedly have done it and have done it off the back of victories over Lowe's a team that nearly got up to Division 1 this year and two Division 1 teams in uh, in Mayo and Roscommon and that alone um, has put a, a big smile on Cork supporters faces leaving the stadium today yeah, presumably Kevin Walsh is obviously having a, a massive impact on on that uh, defensive structure, as you were saying, um, and also, like you said, doing it without forwards, uh, do, doing a lot of heavy lifting, fellas chipping in from scores from all over. Obviously, like well, you mentioned it already, but Brian Hurley doing this without Brian Hurley must give the players so much belief going forward in their own ability that you know they they can do this if Brian isn't there. And like he, he's not going to be fit all the time, like you know, and he puts a lot of pressure on himself too. It is huge that they've done this without him. Yeah, look, there's a doubt over whether he'll be available or not for the quarterfinals at the weekend. John Terry was non-committal. He basically said he'll see how he goes during the week. It is a leg injury, so we'll have to wait and see. But like Stephen Sherlock, who was subject to a lot of articles, including my own, um, in the past week, whether he's better as a finisher or better as a starter, he stepped up to the plate and delivered. But I think what's interesting is like the likes of Conor Carver, the likes of Chris Oak Jones, the likes of John O'Rourke, who don't often get that opportunity, are now seeing that they will get their opportunity if they get a chance to come on late, that they can still make a difference. Um, to a team if it's still in the melting pot heading down the closing, stre- the closing stretch and this Cork team you know they're not going to beat teams by 5, 6, 7 or 8 points they're not nowhere near that stage yet but what they are and where they are is they are now a really serious team with a very very good defensive system and a counter-attacking ability pace all over the place in midfield with Maguire and O'Callaghan with Sean Potter bouncing from the, from the back that half-back line and Matty Taylor Daniel O'Mahony as well today were excellent at, at breaking at speed especially in the second half so it doesn't really matter who they play in and that's the big thing that the system that they've got they trust in it they've getting better at it with every passing game and as I've written for the Echo for later on this evening did any Cork supporter think their county would reach an All-Ireland quarterfinal this year at the start of the year and did anyone really think that they'd be playing and beating Division 1 teams I don't think so to be fair but this dressing room and this management team, everyone is buying in. The self-belief is there. They're keeping their heads on their shoulders. Nothing is won yet. But it, what a boost for Cork football it would be in, no matter who they play in that quarterfinal, if they did manage to get over it. And I know we're getting ahead of ourselves here, but I suppose what I'm getting at is that it's rare that we've had a bit of confidence about this Cork team going up to a quarterfinal before. There's momentum, there's self-belief. Um, it's going to be a very, very tough game. Toughest game of the year, no matter who they play, uh, be it uh, Derry, Dublin, 
uh, or sorry, their name escapes me now uh, at the moment, but it won't be Kerry. But, yeah, um, it could be no Monaghan or Clare, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. No matter who they play, and I suppose the bottom line is that the Cork team has a system that they're very, they're getting better and better at, and they're going to give anyone a game, and that's the key thing. Yeah, sorry, it, it could be uh, who have we? we? It could be either Derry, Armagh, Derry, yeah, Armagh, Derry, or, or Dublin. I suppose it won't be yeah. Kerry either way. Yeah, so there you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, look, I suppose just before we finish up, uh, it was a fantastic game, and I think uh, some credit must go to the refereeing by Brendan Colley. Um, I must say until today he probably wasn't his biggest fan I've seen him I saw him referee Kerry and Mayo in Chile a couple of years ago and it, it wasn't great I have to say but today he was excellent especially when it was such a greasy pitch and the ball was slipping around the guy's hands it's easy for the referee to maybe get a bit jumpy and start giving soft freeze and I well particularly looking from a Cork point of view it, it did favour Cork in a way with their, with their intense tackling that he did let it flow and he gave guys the benefit of the doubt well, I think he was helped in by the fact that both teams were more intent on playing football and getting stuck in each other. I know there was a red card late in the game, but I think that was more out of frustration, to be fair, than anything else. Um, in terms of getting to, he got a couple of decisions wrong, definitely, and there was one Sherlock point that we felt in yeah. the stand had gone over the bar that was waved wide. That could have been looked at. But aside from that, yeah, it, it's easy. It's easier for refs if the two teams are committed to just playing ball and getting on with it. When you get into the kind of scuffles off the ball, the punches, the knocks, that's what makes refs and umpires and lines, uh, linesman's life difficult and today we had two very sporting teams that were just intent on, on as I said getting over the line I think that helped them but the pace of the game didn't really pick up until the second half same as the Mayo game the previous week and it was always going to be that way because Ross Common had the same template the Cork have they get numbers behind the ball they work it up the pitch and then they get it to their shooters it's, it's not rocket science but if it's done properly and it's done a pace it can be very very effective and, and let's not knock Ross Common beating Ross Common this is a Ross Common team um, you know they beat Sligo obviously they drew with Dublin and Crow Park already this year and should have won that game they missed the late free to win it and they beat Sligo lost to Kildare the last day which I think might have upset their momentum a little bit but they played really really well today Aiden. and Cork had to play dig deep and play really really well to get over them and that's the other confidence booster had we won today by four or five points and maybe Ross Common hadn't shown up people would be saying oh, that was an easy one it certainly wasn't and as I said they came back at Cork late in the game could have forced extra time um, and even when it was level right at the death there in injury time they had an opportunity to, when we turned them over so look I suppose the bit of luck that Cork needed certainly went their way today I think the performances from their key players from goalkeeper and the kickouts were on point certainly again today another big plus point for Cork this is a Cork senior team with momentum, self-belief and a system that suits them down to the ground. Everyone knows their job and whatever role players are given, be it for five minutes or for 70 minutes, they're all willing to put the shoulder to the wheel. And that's all John Cleary asked for at the start of the year and he's certainly getting it in spades now. So why not go up to Dublin with a bit of confidence? Why why not say, look, we'll be underdogs no matter who we're playing, but we have a chance here because the momentum behind us, not just for the last two games, but since the start of the year and the building blocks being put in place, give Cork Senior Football a real chance of making an All-Ireland semi-final. Absolutely, I agree. I don't think there's too many teams that are miles ahead of anyone else as well, which I think compared to last year going up facing Dublin, when, I, I look, Dublin obviously didn't get to the final in the end, but Dublin were you just felt they were so f- much further ahead than Cork were but I just think this year after what Cork have done in the championship 
like they're a lot closer to that sort of a level I think this year anyway so yeah definitely I think uh, excitement and uh, positivity is uh, is a must heading to Croke Park and just on it as well the yellow cards that were shown towards the end and then the red card to end of Smith they were the only two cards in the game so it backs up your point as to how sporting the match was um, but yeah excellent stuff look Joe McCarthy uh, fantastic day Parky Cueve thanks a million for joining us on the Big Red Bench and uh, for all the interviews and uh, updates online as well Nice one in talk soon yeah, Jeremy McCarthy there from Parky Cueve after Cork's victory over Roscommon in the Ireland Football Championship preliminary quarterfinals. All right, Cork City women leading Treaty United 3-0 in Group D of the All-Ireland Cup. 73 minutes gone there. It is Galway five points, Galway six points now, I think. Or no, five points apiece. Galway six points, yes, it is six points. It's after going up there. Uh, Connor Whelan just putting the ball over the bar for Galway. Six points to five against Tipperary after 20 minutes at the Gaelic grounds in Limerick. And Monaghan have beaten Kildare with a last-minute point, 111 to 13 points to book their place in the quarterfinals. All right, uh, plenty more coming up after the break. We're going to hear from Keen Coleman and uh, and we're going to hear from Brendan Kelleher on the... The Cork Admirals Fun Day tomorrow. Don't go away. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. With Sure 72 hour non stop protection, tested to the limits. Sure, it won't let you down. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. <laughs> Cork's Red FM. You're very welcome back to the big red bench with Sure 72 hour non stop protection. It's in here with you until 7 o'clock. Uh, all right, let's hear from Cork GA chairman Mark Sheehan, who was speaking to Jeremy McCarthy after Cork's victory at Parky Cueve today. Mark, from a Cork supporter's point of view, not in your own position now, I know how important that is, I know big days like today are, but from a Cork supporter's point of view, what a boost today, and what a performance, and a fantastic result. Super result, super performance, um, you know, it's supposed to be a choppy enough first half, stood up a point at half time, and then really, really worked so hard, and I mean, look, the, the scenes at the final whistle, and, and the, you know, the, the genuine uh, joy and affection for the team, and satisfaction Satisfaction, you know, very big crowd in here today. It was a great day. We honoured the 1973 team uh, of, of All Ireland winners 50 years ago. We think 34 primary schools who have been involved in Shkina School. They were in as well, and it was a magical second half, and it was so important. And it's supposed to be fair. It's been building up since last Sunday. Um, you know, in, in up in Limerick against Mayo. You know, we've beaten two Division One kind of teams in the last within the last seven days, uh, six days, whatever. And it, that's really, really important. We're into the quarter final. Um, not exactly sure what the, the configurations are there I'm sure to be all revealed in the next 48 hours for Monday morning definitely next weekend so pleased for the players and, and team management they've worked really really hard they've had a good league um, and you know this is a great team building exercise and I think we're, we're doing more than team building now at this stage in terms of uh, grinding out results coming from, com, from ba- coming from behind and coming forward again and, and finishing out so strongly and really delighted for the lads they've put so much into it uh, and it's coming right and we're very happy to be where we are today. And just finally, Mark, from the county board's point of view, fantastic crowd today. Very important as well. You've got a good crowd in. You did, you missed out on a hurling quarter final, which was disappointing. But the the, the number over fourteen thousand. You must be delighted with that. Absolutely. I mean, we were very confident coming into the weekend that we'd be, you know, in, in excess of ten thousand. I mean, we were following the trends of ticket sales. It's the best stadium in the country and the best surface. Uh, I won't say any more about why why certain matches weren't played here. It continues to baffle me, but we are so proud uh, of the stadium. 
we're so proud of the facilities the surface for the players uh, the patron experience uh, and it's a fabulous place and what a better place than to, to, be, to have our Cork senior football team playing and winning and into an All-Ireland quarter-final Well said, thank you for your time yeah, Mark Sheehan there, Cork GA chairman speaking to Jerome McCarthy. All right, uh, not a great result last night for Cork City on the road away to Derry City. They lost 2-0. Derry City, of course, second in the table. A long, long trip as well. Um, but Cork City looking forward now to a big one against Strahada on Friday night. Eighth spot is within their grasp. UCD beating Sligo Rovers helps as well. So a victory against Strahada on Friday would lift them out of that ninth place. I spoke to Cork City Captain Keen Coleman a little earlier on today. Okay, delighted to be joined on the line now by Cork City Captain Keen Coleman. Keen, look, I suppose a disappointing result last night. How do you feel now looking back on it? Um, obviously, disappointed with the result. Um, it's a long journey up there. Like, and obviously, we wanted to get something from the game. Um, I think the first half we probably we played very good. To be honest, we we kept the ball well, and we actually we created a lot of chances. Um, and look, the goal we gave it was probably soft more in like but look, these things happen like but I think overall look we the performance was, was good, you know, that they're a very good side, like um their title challengers like and it was a tough game for us, but look obviously disappointed with the chances we had that we didn't take something from the game. Is is it kind of the toughest fixture in, in general in the calendar because it's such a long journey and Derry City are a really good team, like you said, second in the league and uh, they'll be hunting down Shamrock Rovers now after they drew last night as well so like it is really tough to go away to the Brandywell yeah it's very tough obviously it's a very long time like you said but look, look it's part of it there in the league there's nothing you can do about it like so you have to get on with that really but look every game in this division is, is very tough um, and last night was no different look they're a very good side um, like you said they're, they're challenging Shamrock Rovers like so it's a tough game but look I think we showed last night and we've obviously showed in recent weeks that we can mix it with the, the best teams in the league like and we're more than capable of, of Beating teams like that, like and look, last night was it was a good performance from us, from us, but we didn't get into from the game, which we're disappointed about. I suppose you kind of touched there, maybe one or two goals, maybe self-inflicted, but does it come from trying to learn a way of of, of playing a, a better style, and a more effective style going forward? And I suppose you kind of is it a case of just taking the, the rough with the smooth in that sense? Definitely, I think. Look, with the the way we're playing now, it's different, obviously, than the way it was at the start of the season, like you know. Um, there's obviously more risks in the way we play at the moment like um, and look like you said mistakes will happen with the way we play obviously at times and obviously the the more we play like this the better we'll get and then the mistakes will be reduced like so look it's obviously it's part of it it's not ideal when we can see goals like that there still I suppose we can do better on our own point of view but look I think in the last few weeks we've shown this it's it's changed like and we have got better at that style of play like and I think it'll only get better from now You've had the break, obviously, in the last couple of weeks. How important is that for yourselves as players to get right physically and mentally and to maybe just have a, a bit of a break from things? Yeah, it's nice. It's good, you know. It's needed, obviously. You get the, to get the week off. Like, and, uh, you know, to be honest with you, you're, when you're away, you're still thinking about you know, coming back in the next game like that. But, you know, it is nice to recharge and, and like you said, take a break because, you know, it's intense, obviously, the season like that. Like, so, you know, it's good and it's needed, but we just have to kick on now. Have you felt extra pressure over the last couple of months, I suppose, particularly when Colin Healy first stepped aside, maybe filling that hole for the first couple of weeks when there was some uncertainty who was going to, to take over the, the team as kind of the, uh, well, the interim or the more permanent manager for the rest of the season? Did you have to uh, shoulder a, a lot of responsibility in those couple of weeks? 
I wouldn't say so really you know look obviously it's up to the people above me to decide who the managers and stuff like that but you know, I suppose look we've a good group of players um, we're a tight knit group like and we all stick together like, so I suppose when that happens you know we, we all look that happens in football like managers come and go like and to be honest with you we, we all stuck together like and we knew with this Obviously, the results weren't going well, but it was only it was only us that could change it. Like so, no, not really. I didn't feel much pressure, to be honest. So, not at all. With the new team coming in, then obviously Liam Buckley coming in with, with Richie and Liam already as well. Like, were you involved with maybe conversations with them at the start when they were getting their their feet under the table? Let's say, particularly Liam Buckley, I suppose, getting to know the squad. Like, would you have been involved in meetings with them? No, not at all. Look, the coaches uh, pick the teams. You know, we just we just play. You know, it's not us to to pick the team or anything like that. But uh, like you said, obviously there's Liam came in, there's Richie, Deck is there as well. Um so the two of them have been working with the squad all year and obviously Liam Carney's come in um since since the manager change. Um so look look they all know the players inside out, they've been around the club a long time so and they've been with us for the last two seasons. Um so look they, they know the players so not no players will really be involved in meetings with them. In terms of the the kind of system and the tactics, like you said, it's a bit riskier, and uh, you know you're, you're trying to get used to that. Is it a massive change to what you had been doing? And uh, you know, it, I suppose it it probably isn't that alien, really, to, to to what guys would have played before. Just a case of of knitting things together, I suppose. No, it's not. It's just a bit like I suppose it's a bit more playing out from the back and stuff like that. And look, but that's the game of today anyway. Most teams do it. Um, so like you said, it's not alien. We're, like we're professional footballers, footballers at the end of the day. Like so, we're, we're more than capable to do it. Like and we, we've we've good enough players to do it. Like so, like I said in the last few weeks, we've got to show that we can do it. I think some of the goals we scored, some of the passages of play we've had has been brilliant. Like so, look, it's a work in progress. Like, but we'll we'll keep getting better at it. Do you enjoy those? Types of training sessions, the more tactical types. Some some players like to some players like just running around the place. Other players really do like the the more tactical breakdowns and sessions. Where where do you like? To be honest, I like both sides of it. Um, you know, look, it's all part of the game. Um, I suppose learning every day is the main thing. Like, and we've, we've good coaching staff there, and look, we, they give us ideas, and we have to go and do it. Then, like, so tactical or whatever you said, running around is all part of the game. So on a Friday night when we're playing they all come together like so what we do during the week hopefully we can bring it out on a Friday night then It's a big couple of weeks for you uh, coming up obviously you know get, getting out of ninth place now is well within your grasp you've really done a lot of work over the past uh, month or two to get yourselves into this position now to, to take advantage of other teams making one or two mistakes obviously a, a good result for Cork City last night UCD getting the result against Sligo and now a huge game against Strahada on Friday night like that's really within your grasp now you must be excited almost for that game Friday yeah definitely um, hopefully look, there'll be a big crowd there um, look, like I said, the fans have been unbelievable all year home and away but look like you said it's in our grasp right and look I believe in this team we're, we're more than good enough to get getting out of the position we're in like so but it's all good me sitting there saying we're talk, talking about like we literally just have to go and do it on Friday and look we're, we're more than capable of doing it as well can you still get excited for games like that kind of the same way you know maybe underage you'd have a, a cup final you, you know the, or does the, the pressure of professional football outweigh the, the excitement no not really um, they wouldn't like live in their own like there's obviously pressures with it you know you feel it like if if you're not nervous before any if you don't have any nerves before a game like it's good to have nerves at times but like I've played a, a good couple of years now like um, it's it's the same every week I suppose some games are obviously there's more hype on them than others but look it's just another game for us and we'll prepare for a good this week and hopefully have a good win and get a win Friday Absolutely well Keen. the very best of luck next Friday night and for the week as well in preparation and thanks a minute for joining us on the Bigger Bench Perfect sure. 
Yeah, Keen Coleman there speaking ahead of, uh, speaking after last night's result and ahead of a big one next Friday night. Tipperary are under serious pressure. Uh, Galway are just, they're on top of them. Every time I look up at the TV screen here in studio, Tipperary are back in their own 21, struggling to get out. Rona Maher eventually clearing the ball there. 34, almost 35 minutes gone. Galway 10 points, Tipperary 6. Connor Whelan is unstoppable at the moment. He just caught a ball as he hung in the air. Oh, it was unbelievable. He's, uh, he's, he had a shot stopped as well. Uh, in for a goal chance he really is having a good performance at the moment uh, alright uh, to finish up with we're going to hear from Brendan Kelleher of the Cork Admirals American Football Club they're having a family fun day tomorrow at MTU Bishopstown and uh, Brendan's going to tell us all about it it gets underway at 1 o'clock you can head down there or head to Eventbrite for the details let's hear more from Brendan all right, Cork Admirals American Football Club are to host their annual Family Fun Day at MTU Stadium tomorrow, Sunday, June 25th. Brendan Kelleher is on the line to tell me all about it. Brendan, what can people expect at MTU tomorrow? Uh, th- thanks for having me on, first of all, Aidan. Um, I suppose um, it's a regular season game for the Cork Admirals, so we're um, uh, having a pretty good year so far. So we've played seven games. We've won six and lost one, so we're, we're right in there for, uh, for contention for the title this year. And uh, yeah, we're we're playing our last uh, regular season game against the South Dublin Panthers tomorrow. But we've we're going back to kind of our, our usual family fun day that we had pre-COVID. So um, people might be familiar with the event, people might not be familiar with the event. But for a, a few years pre-COVID, we, um, we just did a big family fun day around our, one of our games out in the, the main kind of field in, in CIT, which is MTU now, I guess. And um, what, what's there? Um, Plenty of attractions for the kids, plenty of inflatables for the kids, um, plenty of food stalls for the adults. Um, Monfords are coming, doing some dancing with some classic cars. We'll have some other bits and pieces that people can get involved with on the day as well. And um, and yeah, hopefully have a bit of weather and a nice crowd and, and enjoy the day. Why are days like this important for the club? Oh, really, really important. Um, I suppose it, we're a minority sport in, in Ireland and anything that we can do to raise the profile or just raise the awareness that the club exists um, it, it's fantastic for us. So, um, one, I suppose we, we like to give um, people an opportunity to come and see a game as well. So, people might have seen some American football on the TV, maybe on the NFL or, or Red Zone or even some of the college football that's, that's that's broadcast now. But not a lot of people here have been to a game live. So, it's a it's a great setting to go and, and watch a game. You know, it's a nice stadium, nice field, and and two good teams who try and play a bit of expansive football and throw the ball around. So it should be good for the for the neutral or the, the casual observer to go watch a game if it's if it's, if it's your first game to go and watch. Um, but but for us as well, you know, um, we have a senior team. We also have a youth team. So we'll be kicking off our youth team again pretty soon for for um, for this year. So um, youths run from anybody from 15 to 18. So we've a really successful youth team going. We've won the last four um, national titles in a row. So going really strong and. We'll send a, a number of players to the Irish under-19s team, which is kicking off again this year. Um, so, yeah, it, it's a great opportunity for, for us to advertise that we exist and advertise that our teams are there. Um, and look, we're always looking for people to get involved with the club. We're always looking for players for senior level and for you team as well. So anything we can do to raise the profile and, and let people know that we exist and maybe see the kind of standard that we're playing at as well is, um, is, is good for us. Yeah, you touched on it there. I suppose American football's popularity is certainly on the rise from a TV viewer, viewership point of view in Ireland. Have you felt that within the club yet? Has there been a rise in interest in, in playing or supporters-wise? Oh yeah, massively. Um, like the, I suppose back when I started, I suppose the the the, the opportunities to watch football were a lot were a lot smaller, were a lot uh, were a lot tighter. Um, now you know when the NFL is on a Sunday evening. 
you know, isn't there's an awful lot of people following along. Um, I suppose just the fact that there's so much more on, on social media and so many more games clipped and, and put on YouTube and, and a whole load of other streams that it makes it way, way, way more accessible. And the knock-on for that is people are way more knowledgeable about the sport. Um, they know the players, they know the schemes, they know how, how to set up and, and how things work. So they're... That, that definitely translates into what people um to the kind of to the knowledge that people have when they're starting off so it's it's great to see it um i suppose that's just raising the, the standard of the game massively across the board um but but for us like you know it, it just all about boils back down to like we're, we're still trying to I, I, there's still plenty of people who are not aware that the club exists and plenty of people who follow football who might have an interest in it that that maybe aren't aware that the, the club exists but we're always trying to put out the message that we're that, you know they were always open and looking for for players to get involved. It's kind of late to join now for for this season, but for for next season we'll definitely be going on a on a recruiting kind of push again in um, after the youth season into kind of October November, getting new guys in and getting them kind of ready to go for for season next year. So yeah, look, our, our door will always be open, and especially for our youths, we we have we have loads of people uh, who who actually joined the club and plenty of youths who've joined the club who've. Who've um who've kind of springboarded off of the the family day? Who've said like you know I didn't know the club was there until I went to saw the family day and I saw the standard of football and what it was and 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 it really piqued their interest and encouraged them to have a go. Absolutely, yeah, definitely. And one thing you're trying to do as well tomorrow, you're trying to give that uh, sort of authentic feel to you know the the high school, the real grassroots of, of American football, I suppose, in the US. You're you're trying to create that bit of an atmosphere of a uh, of a high school game as well. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like I, I think you know your your expectation of a football can be kind of you know clouded by what you see on TV. And you know, uh, if you look at the size of the United States, uh, just a, as a as an example, like there's only thirty two NFL teams there, so it will be the equivalent of having you know one NFL team between Great Britain and Ireland. You know, so like that that would be pretty small. You know, so the, the vast majority of football there is you know, is played at the high school level. You know, I think there's only 1% of players go from high school to play in college football and only 1% of college football players go and play in the NFL. So, you know, there's exponentially more football played at high school and grassroots level. So that's kind of what we're trying to tap into, you know, and we've had um, we've had people, you know, who've, who've come over in the past. We had um, a, a guy from uh, who was working in the Navy football program was at or one of our events, you know, and said the exact same thing, said, look, this is just like a, you know, a high school game he would have been at locally in he, where he was in in Maryland. You know, that that's the kind of feel we're aiming for. Um, some of the other Americans who have been to the event have said the same thing. You know, there's there's just a kind of a local feel to it. It's not like a big time college football game or an NFL game. Just feels more local. Feels more like feels more authentic to kind of what what their um, their perception of American football is locally. So that's definitely what we're trying to go for. But still, the same things that people might think are a little bit cheesy. You know, a uh, bit of dance, bit of music. You know, all of those kind of things that kind of make it a bit more of an event. And and obviously, is a, a longer game. So. You know that's what we've tied in with the you know the, the the food vendors and stuff at the game as well, so that people kind of can relax and enjoy the game and, and kind of make the most of it and get that kind of full game experience without having to go to try and get a ticket for London or try and get a ticket for for Aviva this year, which are probably impossible to get. Um, so yeah, look, it, just just putting out the message that like if you want to get a taste of American football, you see it on the TV. This is a great this is a great event to come down and kind of get your first taste of live American football. Um, and and if even if American football isn't your your thing, you know it might be something you want to bring the family to and kind of sample the atmosphere. And, and maybe there's one person in the family who's who's got an interest in the game. You know, I'm sure they'll be pretty happy to go and kind of watch the game when everybody else is is um, is able to spend time doing other things and, and hopefully enjoy the day. 
Absolutely. You touched on it already as well. The South Dublin Panthers coming to town. Like It's going to be a right cracking competitive game and it's a big one for you. You're trying to keep that momentum going. But the, the Panthers as well, they're also in contention for playoffs. So it will be a, a cracker of a game. Yeah, look, so the, the playoff seeding and the playoff places aren't fully decided yet kind of coming down to the final weekend. So... Um, yeah, there's a, there's one game on today that's going to help decide that, and our, and our game on tomorrow, which is going to going to finalise that. So we're we're pretty much locked into a home semi final, but there is still seeding to play for, and obviously we're playing um, semi final um, the following weekend in in MTU, which will which will be a huge huge game for us. Um, yeah, and we want to go into that having played well and, and been on a bit of momentum. And look, the Panthers, depending on results this weekend, they might need to win to to go through as well. So. You know everything is still to play for, and and they're in the same position as us. You know they're they don't want to come down and and kind of lay an egg. You know a week before they go and play a semi final, they'll be looking to. They had a huge win last weekend. Um, kind of they weren't expected to win a game that they that they won it and played really really well doing it. So, you know, and we've played the Panthers in in MTU in the past. You know, um, we've won one game against them. They've beaten us on another day. So, you know, we've we've got great history with them where we've beaten them in the playoffs. They've they've beaten us in the playoffs. So we've we've a good rivalry going with them over the last probably five or six years so yeah we, we haven't played um, there hasn't been a blow game between the two of us we've usually served up pretty good games to, to, to play in and good games to watch as well so it should be a cracker for people who are interested in, in, in actually watching the game and, and following the game yeah should see a, a really two um, teams who like to, to move the ball around and, and, and open it up and, and, and play quickly so it would be a really good game to watch for the neutral as well Absolutely. Gates open at 1pm. Uh, entrances 10 euro for adults, 5 euro for students and kids under 12 go free. Uh, tell us, I suppose, uh, how people can get involved tomorrow and uh, where they must look for tickets and any more information. Yeah, so tickets are on um, Eventbrite at the moment. So you can find uh, through any of our socials, through you know Instagram, Facebook and Twitter, you'll be able to, to find a link to, to tickets at any of our socials, but you can also just pay in or, or, or tap as you go in and, and the gate as well tomorrow. So, you know, um, don't have to buy a ticket in advance, can just come on down and, and, and pay at the gate. So, yeah, look, there won't be a won't be a shortage of, of tickets. Is obviously a, you know a nice venue for us because we we'll get a we should be able to get a nice crowd in there and still have still not feel like we're we're, we're packed in because um it's kind of an unusual one I suppose the like the American football field is almost like a soccer pitch. It's it's even smaller than a rugby pitch, you know. So it fits really well onto the um the, the Gaelic football field in in MTU. So it's the the main Gaelic football field in in MTU with the with the stadium beside it. Um, you know, so there's there's loads of room for people to kind of go right down and, and kind of be pitch side as well and, and kind of see the game from the pitch side or to kind of relax in the stand and watch the game from the stand and kind of get the bird's eye view from it or, or even do both if you want to. So people will be free to, to move around between both and, and do both on the day. So, yeah, great. As, as I said before, like great opportunity to come down and kind of and kind of sample it and, and see um, see how the whole thing works on um, on, um, on, a, on a live game. Absolutely excellent stuff. Brendan, we wish you the very best of luck with that tomorrow and thanks a for joining us on the Big Red Bench. Super, thanks very much, Aidan. Brendan Gallagher there, Cork Admirals American Football Club ahead of their family fun day tomorrow, um, Sunday the 25th, um, 1pm it's all kicking off at M2 Bishopstown. All right, uh, big games in the Red FM Hurling League Division 1 tomorrow morning. It's Blackrock versus Napiershake at Church Road at half 11 in Charleville. Uh, Charleville take on Carrick Tool also at half 11. Uh, all the games 
begin at half 11. Elsewhere, it's Aaron Zone versus Father O'Neill's. Can Tork take on Douglas? And Sarsfields play Killa at Riverstown. In Ballinspiddle, of course, this is Division 2. This is at half 12. Corsi Rovers play Newtown Chandram. At 1 o'clock, it's Glen Rovers versus Bride Rovers at Glen Fields. And at half 1, Bishopstown face Mallow in Bishopstown. All right, that is it for us. We're out of time. A fantastic day for the Cork footballers. You can catch up and listen back on the Big Red Bench podcast uh, on redfm.e or wherever you get your podcast from. Rory is going to be along tomorrow evening from 6pm. Stevie G is on the way next. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. With Sure 72-hour non-stop protection, tested to the limits. Sure, it won't let you down.